Welcome to the Trading School Podcast. Trading made so simple, it will change the way you approach the markets. Now your host, Jonathan Rose. Guys, today I have Pablo Lucina on the podcast. Very excited. Pablo uh, joined Active Day Trader about a month ago, right? Yeah, in December. Within the last 30 days. And Pablo just you've been really impressive as far as just grasping the trade and, and, and asking good questions. And uh, it's been a lot of fun digging, digging deeper into the trades, which you're obviously able to do because Pablo's got a, a technical background, but Pablo, maybe if you could talk about, you know, just as far as an introduction, maybe how you, how you found me, how we started, um, maybe talk about your trading before, and how your trading has changed, and, uh, and we'll just kind of go from there. Okay, that sounds good. So uh, I've I've been trading, I would say, on and off for maybe four or five years, uh, stocks, but no, nothing really advanced. Uh, I would, for example, put on a, a trade in Fannie Mae and leave it on there for two years, wait for it to go up. So that 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 was kind of where I was regarding trading uh, until last year where I, I really wanted to start getting more serious about trading. And at that point, I had just been trading stocks, uh, no formal education in, in, in stocks besides just you know, reading a book here and there. Uh, and, th and then last year, I got into what you refer to as the, the webinar sphere. Only for me, it was uh, I would find people online that had training edu educational material. And some of them, I would actually either do one of their trials or purchase and I only found one, uh, prior to finding uh, Active Day Trader, I only found one, uh, one, one group, one educational firm that, that I liked and I stuck with for a few months until I realized that what they were doing was not really my style. Um, I, I learned a lot of basics from them, a lot of uh, options about the Greeks, about uh, futures, about hedging, different strategies. Uh, about Thinkorswim itself as a platform and how to how to best leverage. So I did learn a lot of stuff uh, from them, but I didn't really learn how to trade. I didn't really learn how to manage my position, how to manage my capital. Uh, so how I felt at that point in time, and this was October, November of 2017, I felt like I, I knew a lot of stuff, but I didn't know how to glue it all together. Uh, I had been trading and making money and then losing it and then making money and losing it on and off. Nothing consistent at that point. I, I tried pretty much every single options strategy there is with futures, with options. I mean, I was, I was trading everything I could just to learn. Um, and then I found Active Day Trader on YouTube. I was uh, researching bonds online on YouTube. Really? And, uh, you just came across on YouTube? Yeah, on YouTube. I just Very found... Cool. I found I found Active Day Trader on YouTube. Here, there's a guy called Jonathan Rose with a bunch of uh, bond videos that I had never ever heard of before. The diamond example, the rubber band example, and all of those things from your free YouTube videos that that really caught my attention, and I I immediately knew I was like, okay, this this is this is stuff I've never heard of before. It makes perfect sense. I want more. I want more. Towards the end of the year, that's that's when I, uh, I I found that you had more services that you were offering, more education, and I just joined Active Day Trader uh, December, and that's been it for me. I've, ever since I found Active Day Trader, I've just been digging in as far as much as I can 
through Apex and the Advanced Bonds. That's that's awesome. So it's kind of crazy. You know, I traded my whole career. I'm not too too into the marketing side, but I do like YouTube um, for the sake of just able to to make educational content. So that's awesome that you just found that. So going back that, as Pablo mentioned, a rubber band example, which which I talk about often, the, the way that I look at the market, and it's not really a, a system, it's just how I've always traded is relative value or, or kind of pair trading, more of a market neutral strategy. And we use that example of a rubber band, that if you pull a rubber band, you can pull it as far as you want, it's inevitably coming back. What we look for overall, whether it's in, in bond futures or options or anything really is we look for highly correlated products that have relationships that break down and then we look to take advantage of those relationships that's when things started to click for me specifically in in the bond trade which is prior to, to joining after day trader that was one future that i really was impressed with prior to that, i was just trading nasdaq futures smp futures uh, and I hated it. I really did. It's one-sided trade. And then I and then I compared the volume and I compared the movement in the ZB. And I, I I immediately realized that I'd been trading the wrong thing prior. And that's what really got me interested in bonds. When when you say you hated the Nasdaq, and you know what was it that you hated, and what was the first thing that you liked about about bond futures? The thing I hated about uh, NASDAQ futures. And again, this is uh, the second half of 2017 where I started trading futures. The, the thing that I hated is that it, it was always one-sided and any sort of dip would just be bought and te technicals would, wouldn't work. None, none of the studies that I, I had uh, learned about were, you know, were working. Everything was just up. There was no, no sell-offs, uh, no two-sided action. Where, and then I, I look at the bonds and I see that there's two-sided action, there's movement. It's a normal market of supply and demand. So that, that's what I really liked about the bonds uh, from, from a higher point of view. Were you building tools trading NASDAQ futures or were you, were you just speculating if it, using technical analysis and trying to buy dips and, and you know, sell it when it rallied? So I've, I've always been building tools. That's a uh, part of my background. I, I do have a technical background in, in networking and, and, and software. So whenever I have an opportunity to to write a piece of code to help me do something and automate something, I do. Before trading bonds, what I would do is, for example, I would try to line up some common technicals, like for example, uh, RSI and a stochastic, a DMI, uh, and so on. And I would, for example, try to combine signals from all of them. Uh, merge them into a single binary signal, like an arrow up or an arrow down, that I knew what that meant. I know that means, all right, all these different indicators were lining up. It, it means it's oversold or it means it's overbought. I don't really believe in that anymore. I've dumped those sorts of studies for my new way of thinking, but they wouldn't work. They would never work, but rarely. I did make some money in, in the NASDAQ trade, but then I lost it all again um, because, again, I didn't know how to manage my money. I was overtrading, and I was not letting my my winners run. So it was interesting. So you pretty much were, were taking everything that you learned, and then you built a tool that combined everything. So instead of just having one thing say yes, this is a good time to buy, you would overlap 
four, six, as many things as you could to get a real confirmation that everything that you learned came together. It's time to buy NASDAQ. Correct. Yes. I, I wanted to take myself out of the decision because I've realized over time that I am my own worst enemy when it comes to trading, or at least that's how I felt before, because the feelings come into the play. My decision-making skills deteriorate and deteriorate over time as, as you look at the chart for hours, and maybe you start getting frustrated and your, your feelings get the best of you, so you become your own worst enemy. So I, I just wanted to take uh, any guessing or any... Uh, looking at a chart and trying to uh, interpret what a line is is telling me, I just want something that tells me yes or no, based on a, a condition that I predefined. Um, yes, and that's and that's a different mindset because you can develop tools and you can develop tools easy. So, and and I'm, I'm envious because it's something that I can't do, but I love working with people who can because and. and Correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but whenever you're learning something, you're always thinking about how can I how can I automate this? How can I make this make a tool to make all the decisions for me? And then with that Nasdaq example, once you build the tool, you could just backtest it to see if it's good or not good. Yep, exactly. And uh, that's that's right. And I'm 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 glad I'm, I'm part of the community because uh, I I would love to help you and, and the rest of the Apex members build such tools. Uh, for, for, for the trade um, because we you know we're, we're, we're all in this together this is you know this is this is awesome I love the the community feel of, of apex uh, and of active day trader that's awesome so what, what Pablo is talking about is we have a, a coaching program where we have a, a small group of, uh, of traders that are all in one private Facebook room and we use that as as a trading desk and I love it because whenever I have ideas, before I even have a chance to to research them, I can post those ideas in the group. And we, we've, we've got uh, 15, 20 guys. We're going to go start that research. So I, I agree. I, it's just like setting up a trading desk. So now that we went to, through what you used to do, trading trading NASDAQ and, and using RSI, and, and it looked like some other metrics to try to see what the pretty much trading standard deviation moves. How, how has that changed? And so now you started with active day traders. Is it a completely different approach than you used in the past? Maybe talk about kind of what you're doing now, how things have changed. I know you sent me a, an awesome email the other day talking about uh, your, your account performance, which is, which is really, really exciting. Um, the thing that resonated with me most and that I think is exactly the message that I want to get out to retail traders is when you talked about your mindset that that shifted yes so that that's been the, the number one i would say the, the the biggest thing that changed from last year to this year which again I, I, as you mentioned earlier i've only been with active day trader for, for about a month but the mindset absolutely hands down the mindset uh let the trade work right step step away from it um, look at look at things and in, in, in from the perspective of relative value um, and and I think that that's been the biggest game changer for me is 
apart from everything that I've learned from you technically, because you have a lot of a lot of awesome stuff on options, for example, managing your options positions, those 35 minutes, 45 minutes, that, that single video, I think that's one of the most valuable pieces of information I've learned throughout the entire time I've been uh, learning about how to manage options. So that was huge, how to manage options. Uh, but, but just the mindset, if you did your research up front and and you're confident about a trade and you put on a position and it goes against you, don't freak out. And that's exactly what I used to do. I used to freak out and get out of my positions. And then it was too late because the trade would really start working, but I'm already out of it. And I would hate that. That's what you need because by learning, and I love this discussion, and it's a very sophisticated discussion because Honestly, I've worked with a ton of traders. I really have trained over 100 professional traders, and I haven't seen anybody fully grasp the trade in the first month like you have. So I, I've been really impressed with you. And you know, just as you're excited about the content, I'm, I'm so excited to work with you going forward and, and, and the tools that you've been able to build it are really going to help the community. So for that, I, I'm really appreciative as well. But Appreciate it is on my side as well for, for you know, you creating the community. <laughs> well, I love it. And this is this is the message that I really want to want to get out there. It's it's learning one thing and then it just everything builds on that one thing. So it's not it's not a system. It's not a trick. It's not like an indicator that you can use once you're learning how to trade, build a portfolio, put on risk. And the more creative that you get in the trade, and that's why looking at the dollar index and, and oil, and just to see how it reacts to the yield curve, using the yield curve as the foundation, especially as the Fed's moving, because it really is going to be the most powerful asset class. Just thinking about every trade you make, how does it fit into what we're doing with the yield curve? Because in the yield curve right now, you know, there's a massive, massive flattening going on. And then you can go back and look at other flatteners. What, how has it affected other asset classes? And you start to see trades that nobody else is looking at. I mean, not too many people are just looking at tens against the ultra, but looking at the dollar against the now. You know, just getting really creative and, and trying to find you know, global breakdowns in relationships, which they're out there. Everything is not perfectly efficient. That's where I think you're going to have a lot of fun, you know, in 2018, really getting creative with the trade. And as you always also state, looking at data, looking at the most amount of data possible. So for me, it's it's having a, a platform, whether it be Thinkorswim or, or anything else, that allows me to look at 20, 30 years worth of data. Um, in, 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 a, in a particular asset, that is, to me, that's, that's a jackpot because I can slice and dice that data in so many different ways. And it's just, what type of goggles do I want to put on today to look at this? How do, from which angle, from which point of view am I going to look at this? What, what am I going to correlate it with? Um, so, yeah, it's, and seeing how it reacted, like in your, in your Fed Dominator program, that was also a huge eye opener because it, it if uh, it, it shows what's happened before and ten years ago when when the uh, yield curve was was moving similar to to what, what how it's moving now what happened what happened then right why would you not look at that if you're investing money 
uh, risk risking money in a yield curve trade. And to me, that's that's a no brainer, right? We definitely need to see what happened then because it's most likely going to be similar um, or you know behave similarly to how it's going to behave this time around. What Pablo's talking about there is in the bond program. I built a I built a PDF for everyone going through the program, and what that shows is when the Fed raised rates in 2003 and then lowered them at the uh, and they finalized in 2010. In the PDF, we break down and showed each point of the Fed's raise and lowering where each point of the yield curve was trading. And you can just overlap what's going on right now. And it doesn't have to be the same, but it gives you information. It gives you real information about where things traded in the past when the Fed was raising and lowering rates. I just So information like that, most people wouldn't be looking for that just because they're not aware of it. But once you're aware of it, it, it seems uh, to me, at least while you're risking money, that it's kind of a prerequisite to, to getting familiar with that, that stuff. Why, why wouldn't you use that information? There's no doubt. There's no downside. And, and John, one other, uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, which for me, it's been one of the most rewarding things, one of the most rewarding feelings uh, uh, besides putting on trades that work for me is, is being able to do the same thing for my family. Uh, I, I listened to a podcast that uh, Todd, that you did with Todd, I think it was your podcast 002, if I'm not mistaken, uh, where, where Todd talks about his story, uh, another uh, ADT client or student, and, and, and he talks about how he started managing his mother's account and, and you know, giving 150% returns on the year or something That's along awesome. those lines. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I've been doing the same thing. I've, my parents have trusted me enough to, to let me manage their accounts. Um, and so I've been managing both my accounts and my family's accounts. Uh, and and that's that feels so empowering to to be able to provide not just for myself but for for my family. Uh, it's huge. How's the uh, and, and performance is good going into 2018? I've made more money in the month of January than I made all of 2017. That is uh, unbelievable. Which was, which was a I started trading futures and options in 2017, um, and yeah, I, I I've made more this year alone, and we, we haven't even ended the month, than all of 2017. So, and, it's, yeah. and it's not an easy bond futures trade either. It's a, it's a challenging trade as well. So it's kind of good that you're getting in now because we're really moving. And it's also good because the yield curve is moving. So not only do you get to see the butterflies move, you get to see the shape of the yield curve changing. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I don't think I'll ever look at trading the same again. Um, and that's that's what I would tell anybody who who has who's interested in an active day trader and 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 wants to to learn more. You, I can guarantee you, you will never look at trading the same again. You will never look at uh, managing your positions the same again, because what what the books don't teach you, although they teach you the theory of how option strategies work and theta and all the Greeks, they they don't teach you how to trade an account, because that's what matters at the end of the day. Is the what's your net lick, net liquidity at the end of the day? Right, and, your account. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what I look at. My, I have I have accounts. I have IRAs. I have four hundred one ks, so on and so forth. But 
I, I can't look at them as individual accounts. It's all one pool of cash that I'm managing my portfolio. And, and, and I wasn't doing that before. I was in managing trades individually. Okay, one worked, one didn't. Now it's just one account, um, one vision, and I'm putting my capital to work using what I've learned. And I'm having a lot of fun while I'm doing it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I found too, by looking at everything as one portfolio, it's just better for mindset as well, rather than that was a bad trade. That was a good trade. It, it could really, it could really mess with you more than, Hey, take a step back. Let's look at the bigger, bigger picture. If there's something in your portfolio, that's negative, not negative, just negative energy that you don't really just get, get rid of and think about the bigger picture. It's, it's, it's okay to clean up your portfolio and, and just make sure that your money's concentrated on things that you really believe in. Yes. Uh, and one, one other, one other really big thing I've learned is discipline. Uh, that I think that that was one of my biggest weaknesses before is discipline. Um, and you drill that in. You really drill that into me. Be disciplined. Be disciplined. Be patient. Be patient. And 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 that in and of itself, even though it's not so simple to do, doing it while you're looking at the market and maybe your your account going negative, that's hard. It's really hard to actually accomplish. But is there anything that's made it easier? Have you have just in, in your everyday activity as far as whether you're monitoring changing prices on your phone or a computer? What have you done anything to make it easier to, to take a step back? Yes, two two things. Number one is learning techniques to, for example, scalp gamma, scaling into the position, uh, not not getting too aggressive at first, you know, starting out with a few contracts using uh, a neighboring uh, bond to, to hedge, for example. And by the way, I'm, I'm mainly trading outrights. Uh, that's, 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 that's how I like to trade. I like to trade out, outright bonds using, using, the, uh, using the pairs and using all the analysis that, that we go through. But I, I mainly just trade outrights. Good. So uh, I, I see what, if I need to hedge, if I don't. But trade smaller and let that's pretty much what, what what has allowed me to do that is just trade smaller and if it goes against me then i should be happy and that that has made the difference because now i can get in at a much better level and uh it's two three excuse me three different times during the month of january that exact thing has happened and each time it happens uh it's 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 a very very profitable trade so when you're trading outright you're you're selling zb and buying zn is, is that trades that you're looking to do, do now, or are you still putting on, are you putting on curve trades and, and butterflies? I'm I'm trading UB on its okay. own. Jo oh, really? Just focusing on UB? Yeah, just UB, and I use ZB as my as my hedge when I need it. Okay, so depending on what the ZB UB is doing, you'll look into doing a trade in UB, and then if you need to, you can look and say the bubs expensive. I know I could always sell ZB to protect myself. Exactly. I look at what the what the overall curve is doing. What are all the uh, outrights? Like not the not the spare not, not the spreads themselves, not the butterflies themselves. I just look at what are all the individual instruments doing. Number one, uh, and I look at how what, how is UB behaving compared to all of those. So that that gives me an initial frame of reference. Uh, then, then I look at those spreads, the butterflies and the triangles, the triangle analysis, 
And and my train of thought is, if ZB is overpriced, if if I'm looking at the ZB butterfly, the ZB is 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 overpriced. It needs to come down, right? Well, shouldn't the same thing be true about the UB? Since since technically speaking, the UB and ZB move close. They, they, they're highly correlated, right? If, if the ZB is going to go down by two points, I'm expecting the UB to also go down by at least two or three points. Yep. Uh, in, in most in, in most cases. So what I do there is uh, I, I just hop on 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 a single contract at that uh, well on a single instrument and and just wait for the wait for it to, to to come to fruition. And if I need to hedge, I know I have that neighboring bond in this case the ZB that I could buy instead of sell. Okay, I'll give you a, an idea that I think that you'll you'll like to look at that trade. If you're really focusing on the UB, and this is kind of from a lot of euro dollars are traded like this, where the where you'll trade one contract against a strip of contracts. So the UB, just like how we do butterflies for the ZB, you can build a butterfly or even the UB against all the other contracts. So you're always looking at that just the UB relative to every other point of the yield curve. And you can do the same thing where you can do it 10 year to UB and just do that against the UB as, as, as the belly and everything else is the wings and then do UB against the entire yield curve. So, you know, if it's just a back end move or if it's a move of the full yield curve. So, so then if, if, if following the, the butterfly analogy where, you know, we have these, the three butterflies, what, the UB is at the very rightmost end. So it doesn't really have another neighbor to the right. So how would you make a butterfly using the UB in the, in the middle? Well, you can just, just put every factor into, into the UB. So just like we would do the ZB and we do 1.5 and, and 0.5, uh-huh. you would just do maybe half of that, but then factor in the five-year as well in this, and you can even put the two-year in it and do it all relative to that one UB. So it's it's not obviously going to have something that's further out, but you're just valuing it. It's like Pablo is sent over an indicator and we're working on different indicator ideas and just like how you moved the indicator and you based everything off the tenure, mm-hmm. you can just do the same thing and just base everything off the UB. As okay. long as you do it in, in the proper DVL one. Right. Which is the prop the proper ratio. Yes. Yes. And then that it is currently based off of uh, the DVO ones as of the, the March contracts. But okay, I'll, I'll I'll have to think about this, mull it over a little bit more in my head as to how. But but I get I get the gist. I get I get the gist of what you're saying. And um, so it's like if you're gonna sell five UB, and you wanted an equal hedge using the thirty year, the ten year, um, maybe that ten year cash contract, which is a cool contract. What was that? That TN. Yeah, TN. So sell five UB. And then give it an equal hedge from whatever other products you want. And you can do it against 10 products if you want. Just make sure that hedge is equal. Got it. Got it. And then, got it. And then you're valuing everything against that one UB. Okay. 
makes that 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 that, that lines up. So yes. the, the, the the two ultra contracts. I mean, the TN is, is a ten year ultra. UB is also ultra. So so it's kind of like the knob. Sorry, kind of like the null, but instead of it being ZN UB, it's TN UB. Um, correct or no? So, so just think of that TN as a ten as tenure. So mm -hmm. the TN's tenure, the ZN is going to be seven year. So instead of think of that as not an ultra contract, just think of it as another point on the yield curve. So okay. I, I, I would think of it as if you wanted to sell five UB and you wanted an equal hedge from the ZB, from the TN, and from the ZN, what factor would you need to do an equal hedge and then chart that? Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. And then when the, when the UB, you know, you could even use standard deviation bands if, if you want, just as a guide, when that UB, if it ever trades two standard deviations or one and a half standard, whatever it doesn't really do, except once every two weeks, that's how you'd like to monitor. So if it hits that band, whether the high side or the low side, that could be the impetus for a trade. And, and then using the others as a, as a potential hedge, um, whichever one is most convenient to use as a hedge at that point in time. Whichever yeah. one is stretched the other way the most, if you will. Yeah, or or you can just look at look at the yield curve and the butterflies that we're using. But now you're just taking the trade further and customizing it to how you trade it. If if you're finding yourself trading that UB, great, because you you can do all your same UB trades in an equivalent tenure. You're just choosing to do the UB, which is awesome. But then you can build tools that really focus on your specific trade. And, okay. and, and yeah. this, I think, is the most important thing of, of really, and maybe this is for people who are trying to trade for a living, trying to find yourself in the trade. So, so you've used the bond education and created your own interpretation of it, something that you're comfortable with. Now build that. And you're, that's you finding yourself in the trade. You, you probably like a faster moving trade, a little bit more risk, because that's what you're going to get in the UB versus somebody else that might be too fast. They might want to do the same kind of thing looking at the five-year. Yeah, yeah, I, that's, and that's kind of part of, I don't know if it's a, a, a benefit to me or if it's, or if it's bad. I kind of think it's, it's a little bit of both, but. When I put on a trade, there's there's nothing there's nothing more satisfying than than watching PNL move, whether it's up or down. I, I I see it moving, right, and that's what I want. I'm not I, I I lack patience sometimes, and I have a hard time putting on a trade and having to wait sixty or sixty or ninety days for me to to to, to see profits. So I I like fast paced things. If it doesn't work, okay, it doesn't work, and if it works, great, let's let it work. But until next time, I'm gonna keep looking for 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 things that that I know can can move my uh, my account. And and that that information is so valuable if you use it. And, and when I say it like that, you know that about yourself, and and it's and it's fine. We I'm 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 like that as well, by the way. 
when, when I trade options, I can be very patient. But when I trade futures, I, I can be very impatient. So I've never really liked that front end of the yield curve. But knowing that about yourself, even when you look at different asset classes, you should be thinking about different styles of trade that fit into your personality that that you know. That's that's something that you've already figured out about yourself. And But if, if you go in the opposite direction and put yourself into a trade, that is slower moving, you've already told yourself that that's not good for you. So don't, don't even mess with that. Try to find something that if, if it's not within the rhythm of how you look at the market, it's, it's not for you. It still might be a very good trade, but that's not in your wheelhouse. It's not worth tying up my buying power. Uh, and, I've, and I've realized that that's, that's what I need to conserve. I view my my buying power, as Donnie calls it, and as you call it, as my ammo. I it's need ammo. to conserve ammunition. Yeah, the, the worst position traders can get into is if they if they run out of the ability to to add, you can't finance your position, and and that's when you're in a, a cross your fingers mode, and that's that's usually doesn't work out well. The market's got a interesting way of being able to sniff out who's crossing their fingers. And who's not? And you know the sad part is, uh, Jonathan, that not not a single uh, educator out there, whether paid or free, has is teaching that. They don't teach you to oh add to a position. At least none of the ones that I that I've uh, been with or used uh, talk about that stuff at all. They discourage it. Don't add. Don't add. Don't add. Don't risk more. But in reality, if, you, if, if you're trading your account and you just care about the account and not really the trade itself, then why wouldn't you add? Why wouldn't you get at a better level if you truly believe in the trade? So that that's another game changer uh, for me, kind of separating from, okay, retail traders that maybe, maybe that uh, educator is assuming that they're not going to want to learn a little bit more advanced things or they're not going to want to risk. Uh, you know, more, more money. So I, I just feel like people are being cheated in, in, with some of these educators because that this is for me at least what 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 is working and what works. And they were saying not to do it before, and I'm I'm okay. Maybe these people know what they're talking about, but clearly, uh, yeah, it's 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 perfectly fine to add to the position if it goes against you a little bit. Yeah, and and part of the trade, and it doesn't mean that it's it's adding risk all the time. Oftentimes, you could, and using the example, if 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 a stock's at twenty, and you're long a hundred shares, and it goes down to nineteen, sometimes you buy another hundred shares at nineteen, and you sell it at nineteen thirty because you've just lowered your cost basis by thirty cents. So uh, often, when I'm when I'm adding, it's not I'm just going to add and put it in the bucket. And go for a, go for a long bike ride. It's you're adding because you're looking to lower your cost basis. It's part of position management. We we don't want to just sit on our hands. We want to take advantage of of movement. Take advantage of that volatility. It's like the same reason you know your educator comment is people don't teach scalping gamma, which is just managing your options position with stock, which to me is options like 101, but did did you learn that before coming with me? That's um, it's something people don't teach or don't know about. Never, and I had I'd heard of the term scalping gamma, but 
I had ne- nobody has explained it. And and whenever I get into something, I consume education material uh, very quickly. Whatever it is, I mean, uh, I've, I've been with you for a month. I've consumed all of Apex material, pretty much everything, every single recorded video you've done. I've already consumed it. And I do the just, same thing with just from perspective, guys. That, that's about a hundred hours that Pablo that Pablo's done. So I put in work. Whenever I get into something, I I, I give it one hundred and ten percent. And you get excited. Uh, it's great. Yeah, I'm excited about it. So the same thing goes for other education uh, material. I've done stuff from some guy, that guy I really respect, uh, Macmillan. You know, I, I I think that they have some really good stuff, but are uh, you know too theoretical uh, at times. Really good books. That, that they have just to maybe mention names. I mean, I, I don't know if, if I'm supposed to or not, but you know, Theo trade, I have a lot of respect for them. I've learned uh, a lot from them and yet they have countless hours of material that I also consume and not one of them ever mentioned scalping gamma or, 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 or looking at options as, as stock and, and getting out of them by selling or buying shares. That, that was such a, huge light bulb moment for me because it's it's a game changer it really is a game changer and you could apply it to options on futures which is what i you know i also trade options on futures it's the same thing it's just belt as as, as you said so the fact that nobody's teaching this i i think it's it, it that's a crime how could you teach about all these other you know options things but not teach how to manage the position using options which is the real the powerful part of options to begin with it, it baffles me I, it, it really it, it, it frustrates me. It, it angers me. Um, but then when you look back on it, 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 it's almost like, why didn't you, why didn't you think of it? And, and there are some things that when people are teaching you, you really don't want to kind of put your own things on it. But once you learn that once it's, it's so obvious that of course it's just stock. There's, there's no difference at all. And, and the, what I always think is best is explaining why, and it's the simple fact that if you own an option, your risk is theta coming out of that option. When you're long an option, you want to make back that theta. The opposite of theta is gamma. That's what scalping gamma is. You're just making back your theta. That's that's where it comes from. I wonder. I, do, I wonder if the Macmillan book touches on it. It probably it probably does a little bit. Uh, it, it talks about uh, neutralizing gamma and how to make a, a, a delta neutral position and a gamma gamma neutral position synthetics. But I never, I mean, may, maybe I missed it, but I never read anything about scalping gamma from uh, from them. Yeah, so that that was a uh, the Macmillan book is required reading for you know pretty much all prop firms that I'm familiar with in Chicago. That's like just foundational. It's, it's a great book. It's it's textbook like studying. It's not so much practical rolling up your sleeves, but it's definitely, you know, it, it, it gives you a, a real good understanding of the importance of volatility, which I found really helpful. And I, I still keep it around if I want to reference uh, different kinds of spreads and the retail world's always coming up with these different spreads that they're telling me. I don't know any of these spreads. I just look at things from volatility standpoint if it's expensive i want to sell it and if it's not i want to buy it um but obviously all the marketers out there want to, want to brand all these different names so i even had to look up you know these iron condors to me it's just it's it's a butterfly 
selling a straddle and I'm buying wings. I don't know what I don't know what it's called. You know, one one thing that 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 really uh, it irks me is when I'm speaking to to somebody and for example they say, oh yeah, I have on uh, an iron condor, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, this this is an iron butterfly, and 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 then we just start arguing about the names. Is it an iron butterfly? Is it an iron condor? Who cares? It's just deltas, right? It's the same. It's all the same thing. So, and the and the meaning just gets confusing. But once you learn what a vertical spread is, once you learn about synthetics, just those two things alone, I think, in my opinion, unlock everything else. Right. In options, break everything down to the lowest common denominator. That's that's it. You really just want to simplify things. And in that example, if you are short a straddle. And long wings, ignore the long, long, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that short straddle. If there's a jump, fine, you're protected, but really simplify things. I find in options, everybody wants to make it so complicated. And uh, I think it creates more trouble than, than it's worth. Um, Pablo, I could talk to you all day about this stuff. I, I love it. I, I love your passion for it. Um, it just gets me so excited. So. I love working with you, buddy. Um, um, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and, and talking about your experience. I, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for, for the time and, and the opportunity to, to be on the podcast. It's, it's really exciting, and I, and I look forward to, uh, to continuing uh, this, this endeavor. We're just getting started. That's how I, I feel. It. So we have, uh, you, you got time to come to the Apex class in, uh, in 40 minutes? Yeah, I'll, I'll try to make it there. Yeah, absolutely. It's in 40 minutes, and yeah, sure. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, Pablo, thanks again, right. Thanks again, and, uh, and I'll talk to you a little bit. All right, thank you, Jonathan. Have a good one. Bye-bye, Pablo. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Trading School Podcast with Jonathan Rose. Be sure to stop by activedaytrader.com slash school and check out today's free resources. 